To the east, to the east The road beneath my feet To the west, to the west I haven't got there yet And to the north, to the north Never to be gone To the south, to the south My time is running out Ever since my childhood I've been scared, I've been afraid by circumstance and staying in one place So I always keep a small bag full of clothes Carefully stored somewhere secret Somewhere safe and somewhere close to the Hey, welcome everybody to the Box of Chocolates podcast I'm your host Dallas and I've got a special guest with me Actually two uh, Why don't you introduce yourself, Mr. Co-host I don't know you got what you guys deserved, but you got what you guys did deserve. But you got me, Travis Turner, back for a for a second helping, and to fill in for Cody. I must say I'm much better looking than Cody, so you lucked out. That is definitely true. Yeah, Cody. When when people get on here, it's funny how many people comment how ugly he is. <laughs> 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 and uh, so we just have to roll with it. I mean, there's nothing we could do about his looks, but I told him that I would uh, uh, give him some crap on this uh, on this episode. So he's ready for it. What's he too busy with right now? Uh, he was on call. Uh, and so the nights that he's on call, he's not 100% sure he can make it. I think he probably actually could have, but but I just told him to stay away. This is This is our show tonight. It's going to be the best one yet. That's all he had. Best one yet. Yep. We're not missing out on much. Exactly. What's that? We're not missing out on much. No, we're not. No. Cody Cody has, you know, his, his dry sense of humor and his stupid stories, but other than that, you know, he's he's expendable. Easily replaceable. That that's that's true. Well, Trav, we um we met up uh, a few weeks ago. We did. We had in Utah. we had kind of a double date. It was a good time. You did. I, I, I met your wife, Carly, and, and you met my wife, Mari. What, what do you remember about that night? Uh, I laughed very hard. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was good good dessert and good company, and the people that sat around us outside at the restaurant uh, probably thought we were crazy because I literally laughed until I cried at one point. Yeah, there was there was one part of the conversation that, that got got pretty good, and and from that you actually sent my wife a gift, I, which she really likes. By the way, I don't, I'm not sure that she's used it yet. Oh uh, dear. Do we need to, do we need to talk about this? Maybe. I think, I think we, do. we do. Think it's we a great do. backstory. It's a it's a fantastic story. So why don't you why don't you just dive into it? All right. So, uh, we're we're at this uh, dessert place in uh, Drake. Right by. Right and by our guest's former uh, house, very close to our guest's okay. former house. Okay. Well, if that's a teaser, I don't, if that's not a teaser, I don't know what is. Um, so, so we're sitting down. Or we're, we're kind of in the on their outside patio. Um, we got our desserts. And we're just chatting, uh, getting to know uh, Travis and his wife, and my wife's there, and and uh, the conversations, you know, going pretty well, and. And we st- we got into somehow like bathroom etiquette, right? And public bathroom etiquette. And uh, and my wife, um, her her name's Mari, and um, 
you know, Mari uh, is, is a very outgoing personality and just a fun person to be around. And uh, she's got some, some fun ideas. Uh, the, the, the particular one that she, uh, she divulged to us is that in public bathrooms, um, men's bathrooms, I should say, and I think we got talking about this because in, in some public bathrooms uh, for men, <laughs> and they're mostly like in stadiums, right? There are troughs. Yes. And that, 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 and she wanted to know like how how guys did their business when they were going using the the trough as the restroom. Right, and because of that, she said, "Well, aren't guys looking?" And we're like, "No, you you kind of look you you look straight ahead. You, you know, you're up or down, no left or Pick right. Take a point at the wall and stare and, at it until you're done." <laughs> that's right. And we, um, so we had to explain this to her, and she was really shocked. And, and as she's, you know, as we're discussing this, Travis is dying laughing. Um, I'm laughing too, but I've, I've gotten, you know, I've gotten used to my wife's sense, sense of humor, so I, I'm not like fall off my chair laughing, but Travis, Travis is. And uh, anyway, so, so this somehow um, spawns another conversation about. Uh, a device uh, that allows. Before uh, we jump to that, let's go. She divulged okay, that okay. if she was in the bathroom, she'd be all about sneaking peeks about, you know, <laughs> what people are working with, and that's why I was dying. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. So the conversation then jumped to, you know, a device that the females can use that would allow them to go to the bathroom like a male. And uh, and my wife's you know says oh yeah I've seen those I want one and and I can't remember what did you, what was your wife's take? Um, I don't know she's not a big one for the outdoors and uh, she likes okay. to go hiking and whatnot but I don't I don't ever see Carly using one of these. Okay so so sure enough um, at our doorstep when we uh, when we get home the next Sunday uh, afternoon. There is one of these. Uh, what I think they call it uh, the Go Girl, or the He, or the, the, pishy, right? <laughs> the She Pee, I don't know, the She, something like that, right? And she was very excited <laughs> to, to receive one of these. And Travis and his wife had, had gifted her and, and sent it to our house. So uh, I thought that was pretty awesome and, and fun, and just kind of capped a, a great night. So Travis, thank you. You're welcome uh, for that. You probably thought I was rude when I was on my phone during our couple's date but i was on amazon ordering <laughs> the she we <laughs> looking for one of those uh no no problem uh, no that was great uh we had a good time uh, meeting carly and yourself and hopefully um you guys liked Mari and i so that uh, was great anyway it's a good time look forward to well, good deal look forward to getting together again some of the time you're up absolutely um all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into this, and uh, so we can quickly uh, bring on our, our next guest. Um, first things first, uh, film room. Uh, you listened to the Blaine Jacob episode, Trav. I did. Any takeaways there? Um, Blaine is an opinionated person. He is. I think that's either you either like that or you don't like that. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 polarizing a little bit to say the yeah, least, and uh, that's why we wanted him uh, to to come on the podcast and 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 explain a little bit about his background and where he comes from, and so that was kind of I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Um, 
I've and uh, I've gone out to dinner with Blaine a time. We had great Mexican food and uh, a good conversation. We talked for man probably a couple hours that night. He's a good dude. Good. Well, I got some um, some crap on Twitter for allowing um, not allowing but actually doing full length intro and outro songs. So I want your take on that, and I'll, we'll ask our guest on on when when this person comes on in a second. But full full length intro and outro songs, opinions. Uh, I like it. That's one thing Cody wanted me to give you a bunch of crap about today. It was uh, make yeah. sure he knows that I hated the full length songs. But hey, I like music as long as as long as the songs are good. I don't know about this Frank Turner dude, but uh, as long as the songs are good then uh, I'm for it. Yeah, and I my opinion is you can fast forward through them, so I'm, I'm sorry if they're full-length songs, but sometimes it just makes sense, and quite frankly, there's a lot less editing for me if I, if I could do full-length songs, <laughs> so that you might be getting full-length songs for a while. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you're either listening to music or listening to a podcast, right? Why not, why not put them together and just... Right. So this 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 show is kind of the opposite of the Jim Rome show. He always says, "Less of you and more of me is a good thing." <laughs> Truly, like more music and less of us is, is a good thing. So uh, that that's the best part of the podcast, in my opinion. Let's let's throw in a song in the middle of it then. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Cody will. I'll, I'll break. Cody will hate you. <laughs> he will. That's all right. Well, all right, we got. Uh, Anything else, Travis, that you and I need to talk about before we get on? Or shoot. I'll bleep, I'll, I'll bleep that out. I have the ability to do that on on our recording thing. But uh, anything else that we need to um, to bring up? Um, I don't think so. I uh, I hope that my performance today is like that that guy on the Cubs that that got up and hit a pinch pinch hit grand slam walk off homer. And not like the uh, okay, not yeah. like the Dodgers pitcher with the walk off Bach last night. So I hope my pro- performance is more Cubs esque instead of Dodgers esque. Ooh, very good analogy. Very good analogy to uh, to bring that home with. Um, I think you'll be a little bit more Cub esque than Dodger esque, and that's always a good thing. Um, so let's do this. Let's bring on our guest. Um, I said her name, but it was bleeped out, so you guys at home wouldn't have heard that. Um, but uh, welcome, Miss Jen Holtkamp. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. It is one of my. She is one of my favorite people in this world. She's such a good person. Well, I'm excited to have her on. When Travis, uh, when I was talking to Travis on Friday to see if we could uh, get this done, he wanted to have a. A female guest, and and you were the first one to come come to mind for both of us. So um, we wanted to just thank you for coming on. Um, we have you've been a, a listener for um, since the beginning, so that that's fun to have. And also thank you for like all the interaction about the show. Cody and I enjoy that, and I think everybody that, that listens kind of gravitates to that. So yeah, of course, thank you. We are lucky to have you. Thank you. It's been fun to. I uh, just learn more about the people that I've been following on Twitter for years. Yeah, that's that's kind of the um, the basis of the show for me, and we're hoping that other people would would uh, kind of appreciate that. Uh, we got um, 
what's her name? I'm sorry. Pat. She lives in Vegas. Pat. Pat yes. Pat binge binge listened our our podcast over the last two days, and was talking a ton today. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, tagging our guests and, and us and and just everybody that that's been on. So that was really fun to 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 interact with her and and. She, she seemed to enjoy it, so. Um, Travis, we have, are you prepared with a, with an in real life uh, guest for Jay? I do have an in real life guest. Um, it, it was kind of difficult to think of it because I, I have met Jen in real life multiple times. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of know what her likes and dislikes are. But I, I have an in real life guest for, for Jen. All right, go for it. I'll do second. So, Jen, in real life, I know you, I know you like to travel, and I think we'll probably hit on your your love of traveling later. But the next big travel opportunity you have, I'm going to say that you would love to go um, somewhere European. I mean, I'm going to say, let's say you'd love to go visit, like, the Czech Republic as your next big travel adventure. That is saying not going back to a place you've already been because I know probably on your top of your list is Scotland to go back there. But your next big adventure would be the Czech Republic. Is this what I answer? Yeah. What, what um, do you think? I would, yeah, definitely the Czech Republic would be up there. I think my number one top choice would be Iceland. That's kind of been on the top for like 10 years. But if I had the opportunity, I would definitely travel to the Czech Republic. So, way to go. That's like a 50% in real life correctness. All right. So, I got to ask Travis, why, why so specific to the Czech Republic? I can't just throw out something like lame like Europe. I got to, you know, just... Because I, I know, I kind of know what Jen likes. She likes history she likes uh you know beautiful places in you know to visit so that's why i went with uh, i from all i've heard is the czech republic is very very beautiful and a very um tourist tourist friendly place to travel so that's why i chose the czech republic okay and how about jen why iceland um i've just wanted to go there for years it just looks beautiful it looks green um I don't know, it just sounds like an awesome place to see from everything that I've seen. Um, it just looks just absolutely amazing. Fair it's enough. probably because of their soccer team, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that helps, too. <laughs> is, your, is your soccer team uh, an Iceland, Icelandic soccer team? No, but they qualified for the World Cup this year, which was huge. I mean, a country that's population the size of, I don't know, L.A. or Wyoming. California. Wyoming. Wyoming, yeah, making it um, to a tournament that I look forward to every year or every four years is just pretty, pretty incredible. And they did pretty well. They got out of their pool, didn't they? Um, I honestly like don't even remember. I, I don't think. I so. don't think they did. Not out of group did. stage. Didn't they? Okay, I remember somebody saying that some country with the population size of, like you said, like, Tra- like Travis said, like Wyoming or something, got out. And did pretty well, like final eight or something. But maybe it wasn't Iceland. I can't remember. Maybe I think you have Croatia. Oh, that could be. That could be. 
Yeah, I think there are about, I don't know, 3 million people in Croatia. I really don't know. Okay, that'd be closer to Utah's population then. Or LA's. <laughs> One of the two, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Travis, we're going to give you like half a point. I, I don't know. I guess I guess the right continent. You, you did. You did. And for that, a half a point. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. Cody appreciates it. All right, too. Jen, my... Yeah, right. You're, you're only like a half a point behind me. I, I swear I only got like one or two of these. Um, all right, Jed, my guess is is I have I perceive that you're probably uh, fairly health conscious. Um, that's not my guess. She, my she guess is, a, is science, like, a scientist of exercise. Okay. Scientist of exercise. So, so this, this bodes well for my guess. I'm going to say that you do, that you like count your macros when you eat, if you're familiar with what that is. Is that your final guess? That is my final guess. Um, I am health conscious. I don't count macros though, because mostly because okay. I'm just too lazy and I like <laughs> a lot. But I avoid things like white bread. It's like a special occasion food, um, and try to cut out, you know, like sweets. And I don't drink like soda and stuff. Okay. So maybe half a point. Maybe half a point. Yeah, I'll take the. I'll take the. Get get to get to the con- the right continent approach to to the point system. That that'll work. Yeah, I I, uh, I I just got that feeling about you. And I don't know if you said stuff on on Twitter or not that, that leads me to believe that. But I just thought you know, and maybe just in my head, my wife is also. She doesn't count macro. She's similar to you. Um, she's she's more of the a calorie counter, um, and tries to stay within a, a certain amount of calories, but um, but doesn't do the macro thing. But my my yeah. wife has done the macro route, and that is super annoying. Sorry to any of you macro counters out there. Why is that though? Because you have a scale out, and you have to portion out everything perfectly, and you add it all up. And I was like, I just want to eat. Come on, like I, I you know I want to eat with my wife. I don't want to wait like five more minutes for her to measure out how much brown rice she's putting on her plate and how many ounces of chicken adds up to the protein she's gonna have and uh, she's like oh i can't eat that because i don't have enough carbs left for the day that's it she does it every once in a while how long did she do it for um she did it for a couple months three four months five months maybe a little while ago did she have success with uh, it yeah she uh i mean she's not she she does it when she wants to I mean, she's a very fit, very lean, very skinny per- person as is, but she did, she does it when she wants to kind of like become more defined, her muscles def- defined, okay. shred up a bit, I guess. What are you laughing about, Jen? Nothing. <laughs> shred up. <laughs> shred up. She's very beautiful. I think she's already fit, just how she is. She is very, very much so. But she uh, that's a that's a that's a very girl answer. <laughs> well, I am a girl, the first the first girl on the well, path of chocolates, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's a that's an honor in and of itself, I think. Or not, not really. I don't know. I always joke that this isn't necessarily a reward for anything. Just you have to come and endure for two hours, and then and then we throw it out there for everybody to listen to. 
Um, well, before we get into the questions that uh, that we had planned, um, Travis is sitting here rocking a um, a, uh, a mustache and a flavor saver. Um, just just shaved his beard and, and left left some remains. So before we started recording, we, we were all talking about this a little bit, and I wanted to to talk just a little bit about this and see how well our wives love love this because. I do the same thing, especially, so we have a cabin up in Bear Lake, and I usually will grow my beard out a little bit before that, before that uh, thing, and then, and then when we get there, um, we'll go to like a, you know, go get a shake, right, because that's what you do in, in Bear Lake, and I'll shave it in all sorts of weird ways, um, and, and then I give myself an alter ego who I call Jesse. <laughs> My wife hates it. I'll order food. They say, all right, who's this for? And I'll say, Jesse. And uh, so my wife just really hates it. So, Travis, you're doing it right now. Jen, you said that, that your husband does it too. Let's talk about this. Yeah, I mean, I I had a decent beard, I guess. Nothing fantastic. But uh, I decided it was time to, to shave it. And I always I always leave a mustache for like a couple of days afterwards because I, I know that Carly just hates it. So, and I leave it on, you know, for a while, and then I'll shave that off, and then my upper lip looks weird, and then I have to get used to how I look again. But yesterday, we went and got ice cream at our favorite ice cream place. If you haven't been to Rockwell Creamery in Provo, go visit, because it was delicious. Um, and it was just great to eat that ice cream cone and just have ice cream all over in my mustache. Just, just a white mustache afterwards, just a mustache full. And I had ice cream on the way home, too. I just kept licking my my, <laughs> my mustache, and I had must I had ice cream all the way home as well. This must be one thing that girls will just never hmm. understand the whole facial hair thing. So sometimes my husband will do the same, like when he's getting ready to shave, and he'll leave something like a handlebar mustache for just like a day because... It, I'm just like you need to shave that off. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. So I've left like like chops, a chop, right? But then come up over the top like that and just just shave this. <laughs> it's so ugly. So the it. chin is um, the only thing without hair. But the only, I'll tell you the reason that we do it, Jim, is we do it for the reaction, and. So I gotta ask both Travis and you, like, how long does it take Travis, Carly, how long does it take her to notice, and Jen, how long does it take you to notice? Because I think it's about five to ten minutes before my wife like really looks at me and says, "What did you just do?" Um, I'll notice like right away. I'll say something like, "Oh, are you? Did you shave? Are you going to shave that off?" Kind of thing. <laughs> Get it off now. I know. So I. I shaved mine on Thursday night, like right before bed, and uh, so I'm in there shaving and, and left that. And she came in to get ready for bed, and I looked at her and just kind of smiled. She goes, what are you smiling about? I was like, nothing. And then when I went to kiss her goodnight, she was like, oh my gosh, get that off your face. What is that? So, but it was great. So did she look? So she looked at you and didn't no, even notice. No, she did. She did not. Okay. But I did get some great reactions at work on Friday, and that's that's the whole reason why I did it. A couple of people were like, I can't look at anything other than your mustache. Or <laughs> today at church, one guy walked up and actually like touched my mustache because he thought it was so glorious. So 
glorious, right? Glorious. He goes, <laughs> but he liked it. I mean, what other man's going to walk up and touch your face? He doesn't really like something. <laughs> yeah, that just confirms that we do it for the reaction. So, so yeah, Dave, Dave can 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 tell you all the reasons he wants, but I know he does it for the reaction. <laughs> all right, let's get into the questions that we had planned. Um, Travis, do you want to start off start off here? Yes, sir. So, uh, tell us about your. Well, well, we decided to start implementing walk-up songs, much like baseball players, right? Uh, those not not familiar with uh, the tradition of walk-up songs, every every hitter goes up to the plate and they play a song of a PA announcement that helps get them all psyched up for their at-bat or just to kind of set the mood. So we let Jen choose her walk-up song tonight for the podcast, and she chose The Road by Frank Turner, correct? Yes. Tell us, tell us why you chose that song. I remember... I, if I remember correctly from uh, Twitter, you you are a big Frank Turner fan. You've seen him in concert, but why why Frank Turner? Why this song? So I had a few options, and I decided to go with this one because it kind of goes into something that we'll talk about more on the podcast with just travel. Um, so the song it's just one of those ones I could listen to. Dave will tell you this. I I can listen to like ten times in a row. And just don't get sick of it. Um, Frank Turner is an English artist who I enjoy seeing a few times. Uh, saw him just a few months ago here in LA, and I just love the song because it just makes me think of where we've been, kind of like where we are, and then the future. You know, I'm always planning where we want to go next. And actually, one of my goals, uh, my like, ultimate life dream, I guess, would be to like set foot in every country in the whole world and kind of just eat something local and see how the locals live. Like, if I could do that, if I had, you know, an infinite amount of income, that's what I would do. I like that. Oh, very cool. I I had never heard of uh, Frank Turner, but I, I'm i so far out of the music scene that it's not even funny. But I did go and, and YouTube that song, and uh, he talks about all the uh, east, west, north, and south. Is, is he talking about like traveling everywhere he's been is that is that kind of the premise of the song i don't actually know i mean he's will travel because he tours um and he yeah. sings a lot of songs about you know like england where where he grew up and where he lives but yeah i just like it because it just reminds me of makes me think about travel and all the places that we've been cool so uh, dallas here's uh what would be your walk-up song what would be my walk-up yeah. song um, man, I wasn't prepared for this. Surprise! Um, <laughs> surprise! <laughs> I think I think it might be like um, "Come Down" by Bush. I like that. Uh, it, that was a very popular song when I was in high school. Um, it's what I listened to uh, before football games to kind of get psyched up. Um, so. I don't know. Like that—that's the first thing that come to mind. If I—if I were to give him some time to think about it, I—I I, I might come up with a different answer. But I guess it depends too on what I was, what I was um, walking up to, listening to it for, right? I mean, if it's a yeah, an at bat at a baseball game, yeah, it might be Bush and, and come down. But uh, I don't know. How about you, Travis? I gotta throw it back at you. Okay, I actually thought about this because so it's not a surprise to me. But uh, sidebar: 
Bush was one of the very first concerts I ever went to back in 1996 or whatever at the old uh, back then the Delta Center it's great great show but recently um, I would man I just forgot the the name of the group um, oh LCD sound system and dance yourself clean I would listen to that song it's like uh, Cody would hate it because it's nine minutes long but it's just like a dance party like the whole time so after this episode or tomorrow or when you, whenever you listen to this uh, go look up LCD sound system and dance yourself clean it's a great great little uh, song Jen do you know this song? I don't I'll have to go look it up I don't either I'm gonna have to look it up as well <laughs> So, Trav, good job for, for bringing up one that neither of us knows. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> All right, the second question we've got. Jen, um, you're married uh, to Dave Holtkamp. Yes. Um, I don't interact with Dave a whole lot, um, unfortunately, but I do know that he loves music, BYU, and also wears some sick stylish beanies. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Dave. Uh, so we've been married for 12 years now, and he's like the nicest person you'll ever meet. Travis has met him a few times, and um, a lot of people through you know BYU tailgating. Um, he does. He loves music. He has a huge, a uh, big variety of types of music that he likes to listen to. Uh, we share a lot of the same you know music that we listened to when we were both in high school. It's like the same bands. So that's been pretty fun. Um, yeah, if you ever need music recommendations, I always asking him like, what's new? Like he's very up on current music, old music, really old music, like jazz music, rap, R&B, punk, pop punk, just kind of everything that's out there he knows a little bit about. Um, he also does something that Dallas has mentioned in the podcast before in regards to wearing a beanie getting out of the shower. Um, so for I guess the same purpose, it like makes his hair flat, so then he can, I think like style it like afterward if that makes sense. So it kind of just dries it. Um, so it's kind of funny. We had a friend living with us who just moved here from Virginia, and he was like asking me about the weather. You know, what's it like in the winter? Is it rainy? Uh, you know, what's the temperature? And I was like, yeah, it's you know, you wear a light jacket in the winter in LA, and he was like oh, I see Dave wearing a beanie, like, every morning. I thought it got, like, really cold here. And then, <laughs> so we had to explain the whole, that's for his hair. So kind of the same thing as Dallas. Um, yeah, if you don't follow him, he does tweet a lot about uh, BYU football. Uh, he's a big Steelers fan, uh, Washington Nationals fan, where we used to live in D.C., and that was kind of the team we picked together. Uh, so, yeah, music, sports, um, vinyl, he collects... Um, vinyl records and all that stuff. So yeah, he's a great guy. Dave is a great guy. I really enjoy. I really enjoy Dave. Uh, the times I've had to get to know him and uh, you know feel his hamstrings and whatnot. That's, <laughs> Dave's a great dude. <laughs> um, Dave. Uh, so you told us a little about Dave's music uh, interests. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your music interests, particularly your music interests in high school? 
Okay, so because, like because what you don't know is I, unless Dave told you, I have uh, been texting back and forth with Dave to get uh, funny little stories <laughs> about you. Yes. So tell us about your high school musical taste. So middle school and high school, I was very. It was like all pop punk. So I grew up in San Diego. So my favorite band growing up was Blink, which I think was every teenage girl and boy's favorite band. Um, you know, you knew all the words to every single song off Dude Ranch because that came out when <laughs> I was in middle school. I think to this day I can probably sing every word on that CD still. Um, yeah, I loved like Blink, Unwritten Law, uh, like MXPX. Uh, the first concert that I went to was Smashing Pumpkins and I've kind of kind of on and off with them. But yeah, that was in high school is all about pop punk music and the local scene. Awesome. Um, tell us about how that uh, that influenced your outward appearance. Um, that's a good question. I can't even <laughs> really remember what I look like in high school, middle school. I guess kind of like your typical typical girl, like Southern California girls. <laughs> Is there something specific that that you're looking for? Well, Dave told us he once had gauged ears and a pierced tongue. Oh, okay. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I did have my ears gauged. They were like, it wasn't like you could fit a quarter through it. Maybe like the size of a pencil, like a number two pencil. All right. So nothing too huge. I felt like it was kind of like a thing that I liked, but it wasn't like the first thing people would notice about gotcha. me. Um, and then funny story with the tongue piercing. I had a dream one night that I had my tongue pierced and it was like so cool. So I woke up the next day and got my tongue pierced. And so it's just a great story about dreams coming true and chasing your dreams. <laughs> just pierce your tongue and do whatever. <laughs> Life lessons from Jen Holtkamp right there. Chase your dreams, go get that tongue pierced. Yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> go get that tattoo you've always wanted. Go get it. No tattoos, but yeah. And no pierced tongue. <laughs> excellent. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, uh, Cody, can you hear us? We had a little technical difficulty back on. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I'm here. Gotcha. So we learned a little bit about uh, Jen's musical taste in, in high school and, uh, um, and how she's involved from the pop punk princess to just uh, <laughs> your classic... You know, your classic mom. <laughs> oh, how far how far down did you guys jump? We didn't get. Or, did this all? Well, we jumped. Yeah. Well, like when you disappear from the podcast, like you just have to, you know, go into something you remember. <laughs> you just wing it, right? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know if you were coming back, when you were coming back, what I had to do to get you back on. But hey, we're on, and I just kept going a little bit, so. Whatever question it was, we'll have to just jump back to. Uh, so, all right. So, did did we talk about did uh, did Jen? Did you talk about uh, Dave? Yes, we got through Dave, and that's what prompted us to go through uh, her music taste because she talked about Dave's music taste. Okay. So right. you can go so on we'll, to the very next the very next question. We'll we'll, we'll adapt. We'll adapt here. All right. Um, so Jen, all of us have funny stories. Uh, with our kids, I, something happened today that I, I may share, but I want to get 
um, get your uh, the funniest story that you can think of about your kids. Something they said, did, whatever. Um, one of the most recent times, we were down at the L.A. County Art Museum where we have passes. So we'll take our kids, you know, every month and just kind of just be there for an hour. And they have rotating exhibits. And so one they had was about, like, the origin of music or something. And so we're at these little exhibits and they had headphones that the kids can put on. And, you know, a museum, it's, it's quiet. It's mostly all adults. And so our kids were sitting there and all of a sudden Brent just screams, this sounds like music and then he was like it's too loud and we were just dying you know trying not to make a scene and luckily all the you know the other adults and elderly people just kind of laughed and and no one was upset but we were just dying they just i mean they also say funny things in public restrooms of course you know where they're talking about their poop's going to come out and this and that and you know, you're trying yeah. to keep a straight face and just be like, okay, just finish going potty, let's go. But yeah, our, ki- our kids are hilarious. They make me laugh all the time. So I have a story too. Um, this just happened today and, and this is why I, I thought to, to ask you that, that question and travel will let you chime in too. Um, but so my kids, my, my five-year-old, he's at the, he's at the age where it's hot outside, it's hot inside, so he's just like running around in underwear only, right? So he's just everywhere and buzzing around. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll run out to the, to the backyard and do the same thing, and he's just out there. We got him a, a, both my boys a trampoline, and so they're out jumping on the trampoline uh, this afternoon, and then they come in, and, and uh, my, five-year-old, my five-year-old goes up to my wife, and he says, he says Mom, um, it's like, my peepee fell out of uh, <laughs> fell out of my underwear. Um, it must be growing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, we just both looked at each other and just like, just died laughing. I'm like, thank you for being a five year old. Thank you for being a boy. And thank you for that story because it was a highlight of the day. <laughs> It's such a it's such a fantastic time of, uh, in a young man's life when he realizes uh, you know it's growing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Travis, what do you got, man? So tonight at dinner we had like a little tomorrow tomorrow the kids start school and so we had a little black, back back to school dinner. They get to choose the menu, and we have a little back to school. And we we introduce a theme for the school year that we'd like the kids to focus on. So tonight during dinner, we're having this conversation, and Quinn, our youngest, she uh, just out of the blue just starts saying over and over again, "butthole nuggets." <laughs> okay. And the kids start cracking up, and of course, Carly jumps in, and is like, "Don't, don't." give any attention to her when she says that says that she's just looking for a reaction don't give her a reaction just 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 pretend like she's not saying it so the kids are trying to do their best to not pretend that their three-year-old sister is not saying over and over again butthole nuggets and then so things are going on and she's uh, we're, we're trying to continue on and, and then just out, out of the blue all of a sudden just Carly loses it and she starts laughing hysterically at Quinn and I was like Hey, I'm the one that should be laughing at this stuff. I'm the dad. I'm the one that thinks this stuff's funny, not you. You're the one that told everybody not to do it. So the the humor of today came courtesy of the three-year-old. Is she three? No, she's not three yet. 
almost three, two-year-old, uh, with her choice of words at the dinner table during a semi-serious moment. So yeah, today was that was today's funny. <laughs> see, see, kids have the comedic timing down, right? They don't, you know, they just know exactly when to bring out, you know, their A material. And uh, obviously, uh, little Quinn knew how to do that, right? Yes, uh, and I would like to thank her older brother for probably teaching her that. I'm not sure, but I, uh, but I'm fairly certain that it came from him. Uh, those are awesome stories. Um, let me let me ask you, Jen, uh, because you are widely widely regarded as the. Um, the nicest person on Twitter, and you know this. Um, but I'd like to know, um, and I'm, I'm kind of uh, stealing Travis's uh, question just for flow's sake, I guess, but uh, have you ever had a, a, a controversial um, uh, tweet uh, that outside of your food takes? I'll give you the same. She, she hates milk, she themselves. hates bacon. What, else, what more controversy do you need? Right, right. Outside of food. Um, I haven't had a ton. I think I tried to, you guys may not believe this, but I actually don't post a ton of political stuff on Twitter. Um, I have a lot of political opinions about a lot of stuff, and I kind of hold back because, I don't know, a lot of people don't want to talk politics as much as I do. Um, I think my most maybe well-liked or well-hated tweet, depending on who you are, was there was just a time period when people were posting like just pictures of the sky and it was just kind of like a <laughs> okay that's a cloud or it's raining like here's the rain um so i tweeted something to the effect of if you're you know cloud sky weather pictures aren't super amazing we all have windows and it's just kind of a random thought and for some reason like it's stuck and people will still tweet things like hey we all have windows when people are doing um, weather tweets and I actually I like you know if you post a picture of a, a rainbow on Instagram that's like a fave for me you know it's like lightning storm awesome but I don't know why I was just in the mood where it's just like I haven't seen the sky like a thousand times today and I can see it out my window and it looks better outside my window so you either love that tweet or you hate that tweet so are you telling me that you're the one that started the whole windows <laughs> thing? exactly Jen Jen has her own hashtag no. just for her we all have windows. We all have windows. Yeah, that I think it was like, I don't know, maybe like five years ago, but I guess it was it was memorable. <laughs> That's awesome. I, because that lives on today. I mean, if, if that one was from five years ago, that's had a long shelf life. It's almost like oh, the, awesome. the scenic route joke. I don't know if you guys remember that, but taking the scenic route to convince me past someone's house. I don't know if I should say who it is on here or not. Go for it. You, Go for it. We don't you care. fan, Parker Martin. Hey, Parker, if you're listening to this, I still remember your scenic route. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure to tag him or something. We'll make sure he okay. listens. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe you started the the whole. We all have windows. That's amazing. A Jen, a Jen Holt Camp original. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So I skipped you, Travis, on our on our number four. If you want to go back to that, go for it. Yeah. So 
Um, we all have reasons why we uh, why we joined Twitter. Mine was, uh, man, back a while ago, there was a fire right by where I used to live, and I joined Twitter to get up-to-the-minute updates about where the fire was and if I had to evacuate. So, Jen, tell us the reason why you joined Twitter. I think it was around, like, 2008 when I first heard about Twitter, and I was like, that's, like, the dumbest thing. Like, why would you want to do that, right? And then I was reading a news story about a guy... He was traveling somewhere like in Eastern Europe or like the Middle East and he was like kidnapped by someone and he tweeted out that he was taken and through all his tweets somehow they like found him and I was like oh maybe Twitter is good for something. So Dave joined in like 2009 and I joined and I just I don't know what we tweeted back to each other just dumb stuff I guess and then when we started following like BYU football and getting to know more of the local fans we were living in Draper, Utah at that time and uh, just became like more active. It's an awesome way, you know, to follow sports and follow athletes that you like. And it's also been really amazing to meet people when we're living in Utah. We met, you know, Travis and a bunch of uh, people who have become like our real life friends. And it's been cool when something happens and someone will be like, oh, how did you find that out? Or how do you know this person? Like, oh my gosh, who would send you apple fritters to your house? in California and I'll be like I know them from Twitter and my mom says this all the time like how can you know someone from Twitter and not really know someone like it's, it's very confusing but Twitter is awesome and it's been an incredible way to connect with um, like-minded fans but also hear from different people different views that people you wouldn't normally associate with but most importantly to make those uh, friendships and have those real life friends now. 100% agreed. Um, you know, I started because of uh, I wanted BYU football updates, and it, that, that seemed like uh, the local radio stations, sports talk stations in Utah would talk about, um, you know, follow this guy for updates or whatever. So I was like, well, it sounds like if that's where I want to go to get my updates, that's where I got to go. So so that's where I started, uh, wanting, like, I think spring practice or fall practice, you know, just information. Uh, just starved for it and uh, from there and I don't know if this was true for you guys too for the first maybe year or so I it was a, a purely informational thing for me um, I didn't I, I rarely tweeted out anything um, first of all because you don't know anybody <laughs> and and who's following you like not hardly anybody would follow me either right so um, was that you guys your guys' experience as well yeah just a just a sideline Twitter user, you just, you know, just constantly taking in the information, but never, never tweeting out because, yeah, like you said, like, you're four people that follow you who, like, who, they don't care what you have to say because it's like some bots. Because and, they're following like 300 <laughs> other people, so they're like, they're gonna find yours in the, in the, you know, the one that you do. Yes. Yeah, I feel like my experience was the same, and then once you get to know. People, especially having you know a small geographic location or you know BYU fans, we're all going to tweet about this and then being able to you know connect and feed off of each other, I guess. Yeah, we'll say um, using Twitter um, during a sporting event. I mean, that's like it just makes a sporting event that much better. Totally, I agree. It almost makes yeah. you. It, it almost makes like going to the game or inviting people over to watch the game like no I don't want to do that leave me alone I want to be by myself with my friends so on talk. Twitter 
that's, with your that's imaginary right. friends. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that's another thing Jen brought up, like her trying to describe how she knows people from Twitter to like your parents. That's like so like how do you know I'm from Twitter? And it's like uh, how do you know somebody? It's like you don't know them. I was like, I know them better than I know some of my own friends that I had. You know, that's always interesting to try and explain how you know people from Twitter. Yep. Uh, when we went, when we were going to meet you, you Travis, my my mom's like, what? You're going, you're going to meet a Twitter friend? <laughs> like, yeah, that's what we're doing. Believe it or not. And Mari was quite. Um, Mari was quite enamored with the fact that you were meeting a Twitter friend. She even like took a picture to document the uh, the occasion of meeting her first real life Twitter friend of yours. So you know, it's interesting. Well, she makes fun of me all the time for uh, for tweets. She thinks that's a funny word, so she's like, "Oh, is that your tweet, tweet friend?" <laughs> yes, uh, yes, it is. It is. Um. One of the other things that I, I really like about it um, is, and I, and I didn't really follow this, but um, do you remember when the Boston City Marathon bomber? Um, yes. When that happened, and supposedly, I wasn't following the right people or, or fell asleep or something, but like you know, going into like midnight, one o'clock, two a.m., three a.m., uh, that information was coming through Twitter way faster than it was through the mainstream media outlets. So, so just the the. The immediacy of the information is what I think is cool about Twitter too. Because um, I joke about this all the time. Like KSL is a is a great website if you want to know what happened five days ago. Um, for for me, that's just what it seems like. And Twitter's like the exact opposite of that. Like immediate information is is, is just so so much fun to get. Yeah, totally. Like, I love like the up to date, up to date everything. I mean, you could follow like a llama chase in Phoenix. Why is it happening? Or you know, like... <laughs> the llama chasing things. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great Twitter moment in history. I have a the you talked about the Boston bombing thing. I was um, in scouts at that time, and we had a scout camp out that day, that night, and so we were like, you know. We were camping, and we were still, we were just down by Utah Lake, so I was on my phone, like, most of the night, like, trying, like, furiously trying to get updates about where this dude was hiding, because there's people, like, saying, you know, police activity here, and he's hiding here, and they've got him here, and I was, and we went to bed, and I went and slept in my truck, because it was raining, and uh, they didn't bring a, a tent for the adults to sleep in, so I was sleeping in my truck, and I had my phone plugged in, and I'm just reading tweets until like three in the morning, trying to trying to get all the information I could about the Boston bombing suspect. So that, that's, you know, another cool uh, part of Twitter. All right, so last last story about about Twitter and why I think it's cool is, uh, Jen, I think you. You were aware of this because I think you uh, commented on it at, at one point. I'm not sure if, if Travis, you were, uh, but about a month ago, there was a a couple in an airplane, and they were sitting uh, behind uh, a guy and a gal who they actually asked to switch seats so that this couple could sit together. And and the girl or the guy, I can't remember. I think it was the girl said, "Yeah, sure." And uh, and as she's getting up out of her seat. She's like, hey, you never know. You might be, you might uh, go and sit next to, 
to the next love of your life or whatever, just kind of in passing, just kind of to make a joke, right? So they, so she switches them seats, and sure enough, she goes and sits by some guy. They start talking about it and hitting it off, and and they're live tweeting this like this interaction between these two people that they feel like that they hooked up somehow. Uh, Jen, are you you're familiar with this? I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> I was following the story. I I loved it. Um, I don't know if you how much you're gonna go into it, but the, you know the girls on her. No, tell like, us the story. Okay, so they're you know they're watching the couple like between armrests, and the girls tweeting things like, "Oh, they're sharing pictures." Like he's showing pictures of his family, and then they found out the guy's like a professional soccer player, and the girl is like a fitness type person. And it's like, oh my gosh, like are they gonna fall in love on the plane? And you know the girl's Wi-Fi is like she's having to like pay for it, and, like charge her phone, and it's this whole drama. And I'm like totally eating it up as her her tweets are coming in. Um, and the crazy part is, the you know, once we find out who this, you know, nicknamed Plain Bay guy is, that he was a soccer player I'd actually heard of, whose brother actually played, uh, his brother's a little bit more well-known. But, yeah, it was just, yeah, I was loving that. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, it's someone that I've actually heard of, and he has this crazy story about meeting this girl. And, and then the guy will joke on his Instagram, you know, when he's going on a flight, and, you know, they'll kind of banter back and forth between brothers with this, the nickname and all this drama and everything. A real life, real time love story. Yes. <laughs> so didn't he find like this string later on, like the day after the, yeah, the soccer I think player? People like recognized that it was him based on where he lives. I think they were flying to Houston or maybe she had tweeted like kind of a, a picture of them from behind of the, the couple. And so people, you know, immediately recognized him and it was like, Hey, you know, this is this you? And you know, it's funny to see him get on his social media and, and kind of be like, "Yeah, this is me." You know, and he said, "You know, I'd like you to just respect the girl. Her name was Helen, I guess. Helen's privacy." So no one, we don't really know, but it was a pretty dramatic and really interesting little thing that happened on Twitter. Yeah. That- I think I read it like the day after or, or something, and I'm not sure. I don't even think I got through it. It must be a, like, what, 150-tweet string or something like that? I have no idea oh, how yeah. long it was. It was long. <laughs> um, but uh, it, was kinda, it was just kind of funny to, like, this medium provides that, you know, and I don't think you don't get it with Facebook. You don't get it with Instagram, really. Uh, but Twitter's the, Twitter's the way to go. Yeah, I think that story was probably on Facebook, like, two weeks after it happened, like... Oh, look what happened and you know we've already been over right. it and like rehashed everything that's happened since for two weeks so right oh that's awesome all right trav you're next my next question so jen's jen's got a bunch of controversial takes we've talked about that you know we know she hates bacon yeah. we know she hates milk she also likes soccer and she defends it against all the soccer haters on twitter where and how did your love of soccer begin? Uh, who are your teams? And uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about soccer. So, like, I think most kids, you you know, your parents just sign you up for rec soccer when you're like five or six years old. So that's when I started playing. Like, all my siblings played. My parents never played, but it was just something that you know all kids just kind of do. And I've just been playing ever since. Like, um, played on you st- a few. You still play, right? 
I do. Correct. I'm like currently injured, but yeah, most recently I've been playing on the city. They do like a women's league and a co-ed league. So I played on, uh, you know, a few club teams like growing up in high school, uh, and then just rec like intramurals and stuff in college. But yeah, it's just something. It's it's been with me like basically my whole life. It's just something I can turn to. You know, in those times when you're like just going through hard times in life, it's just a good been a good release for me. Um, I also love watching soccer. Both my kids are playing this year, and they'll probably be forced, kindly forced to play until they're old. And I'm, I get to coach both of their teams this year, so they're four and six. I'm pretty excited about, uh, you know, just watching them run around the ball. Uh, I also do enjoy watching soccer. So Dave and I actually met at a soccer game back in 2005. So at that time, Real Salt Lake, the Major League Soccer team in Utah, was playing up at Rice Eccles, uh, Utah Football Stadium, while theirs was being built. And we met through a mutual friend. And Dave, at that time, did not like soccer, which you'd never know because he's a big fan now. And um, so, yeah, I kind of like that story. We've been to a ton of soccer games together, you know, all the Real Salt Lake games. Um, some of my favorite teams from other leagues outside the U.S., I follow uh, Chelsea, which is a team that plays in the Premier League in England. Um, I was able actually to go out to see them play. That was like, I know we'll probably talk about this later, but one of my most incredible favorite experiences of my life, just to be at the stadium and be with all the fans and kind of just soak in that atmosphere of English football and um, just see people that you've been watching on TV for years and then it's like, oh my gosh, they're, you're so close to them. Um, another team that I also follow is Barcelona that play in Spain. So the world's greatest all-time player, which is Leo Messi. Uh, I've enjoyed watching Except him. Except in World Cups. Great. <laughs> greatest all-time? Greatest all-time? You'll throw that out? Greatest current player in the world. I don't okay. know all-time, but my favorite favorite player to watch is just magical and it's hard to describe soccer to someone who either has a strong dislike or hasn't really played sometimes i feel like if you don't understand the rules of a game it's hard to love it um for me i just like all sports like i'll watch any sport like basketball isn't like my hands down favorite sport but it's like i understand enough the rules and the teams and the players to you know sit down and or go to a basketball game or go to a hockey game even if they're not my preferred sport. So I just love all sports in general. Soccer is like my favorite just because I've I've played, you know, I've watched it. Uh, it's just something, you know, every Saturday morning can get up and watch the Premier League. They have it on some channel, I think like Fox or something. So even in the U.S. you can still watch uh, the foreign leagues, which is pretty awesome. I'm, I'm glad what I like about that story. Go ahead, Trev. I like how you brought up how you and Dave met because I was going to bring that up anyway because I knew you guys had met at a at a Real Salt Lake game so thank you for doing that. Yeah, so even though it was a Real Salt Lake game, we don't like to say it was at the U because you know who wants to meet at Rice Eccles? Come on, nobody. It'd be better if we met at Lavelle Edwards, right? <laughs> Correct. It's it's, a, it's Lavelle Edwards North. I mean, <laughs> you know, no, no, it's not. Like not it recently. <laughs> <laughs> Not recently, no. But more rice heckles sound. Um, yeah, that's sad. We don't have to go there. No, please don't. Um, but what I liked about your story, Jen, is that you liked it from 
you know, just growing up and having played, most soccer fans you get in Utah are the ones that leave on their mission, uh, you know, and then become enamored with soccer, which is, is fine too. Um, but, you know, to have it, you know, from such a young age and, and liking it is, is pretty cool. Um, Cause yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of return missionaries that, that now are a big fan of whatever, um, premier league or something like that. I, I really like soccer, international soccer. I think that is awesome. I think the world cup is super fun. Um, unfortunately the U S didn't make it in. So it kind of tempered some of those, uh, ex excited feelings for me anyway, but, um, do you have like a team yeah, really or league that you follow? No, uh, see, and that's where I, I just can't get into it to that level, but I really like uh, international soccer. Nice. So I, you know, Cody and I tease each other about being half-assed fans of whatever, and that's definitely me for soccer. Because <laughs> I mean, I guess RSL. I've been to a couple games. I actually went came went to a game in San Jose uh, a couple years ago when when they were out here. They lost two to one, I think, but it was a fun night. I'm surprised your kids aren't into soccer more, Dallas. Me. You know, my, my, I think I, did I tell you this? My son, so we've been trying to get him into all sports, and, we, and I think soccer is the, the perfect one to start him out in because it doesn't, let's be honest, they can play herd ball, and, and it's just fine, right? Because they're just learning it. And, uh, and so I, he tells me now that he doesn't want to play soccer because he's like, I don't want to kick things anymore, Dad. <laughs> uh, but I think he's just lazy. <laughs> That's what it is, because because soccer, soccer you have to run a lot. Um, I had him in flag football, had him in basketball. I didn't want to play flag football this year, um, and the the five year old I think is takes his cues from the eight year old, and he doesn't want to play soccer this fall either. So I don't know. They they they're not they're not into it as much as I would like him to be. But did you still sign him up, or are you giving him a pass? Um. You know, I've found with my kids that that um, not to force things on them because I don't want them to, like, uh, resent having played or something like that. I mean, yeah. for me, soccer, if they play soccer, great, fine. Uh, and, you know, and, and if they continue on with it, that, that's cool too. But, but I really would like them to get into basketball or baseball or something like that. And um, I just don't want to sour them on, you know, pushing them too hard, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. But, but good luck to you on pushing your kids towards <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm hoping that they'll love it. You know, we try and get them to watch on Saturday mornings with this. Like, hey, you know, Chelsea's uh -huh. the blue team. Like, you know, you play, like, watch this header, watch this goal or something. But they're probably a little too young for it. So we'll see in a few years. Yeah. I remember as a kid, I'd, I learned my love of, of, uh, of sports through my dad. Because he, he played a lot of that stuff, golf included, and things like that, and and I just th I just figured my kids would like enjoy it through osmosis through me, but it, that has not been the case at all. They are their own, they are their own men, so to speak, <laughs> as far as what they like, and it's not sports yet. I hope they get there though. <laughs> I think every dad helps that. Right? Yeah. No kidding. Um. Well, Jen, we've talked about this a little bit already, uh, about your passion for traveling. So a couple questions we had about that were um, your top three places you've been, and everybody has a vacation disaster story, so I'm hoping that you've got, got one you can share with us too. 
Well, like Travis mentioned earlier, Scotland uh, was a place we lived. So we lived in Edinburgh, in the capital. And it was okay, okay, stop right there. Wait a minute, stop, ex stop. Ex yeah. Explain to us why, how you okay. got to Scotland and why. Okay, so Scotland That's not just something goes... you throw out there, like, oh, we live in Scotland. <laughs> so this goes along with the horrible travel disaster story. So we were, this is before we had kids, and Dave had an internship. He actually, this is a little lesser known secret, but he actually went to the University of Utah. He graduated from there, but is a huge BYU fan. So he had an internship to work at the Scottish Parliament, and it's through the University of Utah. So we were going to move there for a semester, and I was just going to go, you know, kind of hang out, find like volunteer opportunities. I ended up volunteering at the LDS um, mission president's office or whatever. So uh, we get to the, the airport, we flew into Heathrow in London, and we're going through customs, and after a long you know, 12 hour flight or whatever. And, you know, they start asking me all these questions, like, you know, just random, whatever, when you go through customs. And then they keep asking like more questions, like, well, what are you planning on doing? All that stuff. And, you know, we're super impatient. We just want to get there. We have a connecting flight up to Edinburgh, two hour flight or two hour layover. And then they pull me aside. So this is where the disaster starts. And so apparently I didn't have the right visa. I was supposed to have like an accompanying visa since I, it was my internship, it was Dave's. Um, the University of Utah told us I could go on a tourist visa because our internship was less than six months. Well, it was over there, then they decide I have to go be in a separate area. So they send Dave on and I sit in this room thinking, oh, they're just gonna ask a few questions and then we'll just make our connecting flight. And I'm sitting there with all these other people who have wrong visas or for some reason were flagged as like security threats and it turns into this like, you know, six hours like sitting there and everyone is being called into being interviewed and they're all getting sent back to where they came. And we couldn't have phones and there was no way to communicate with Dave like, don't go on your flight because I may not make it. They may send me back to the US. It was like this horrible thing. So I'm like, I'm like emotional, obviously I've been traveling and I think I'm not gonna make it and I'm like crying and I have to get interviewed and you get fingerprinted and you feel kind of like a criminal, like they're interrogating you, like how much money is in your bank account? Like how much is in checking? And it has to be like all these exact things. You have to recall like all these dates and when you got your passport. And anyways, this huge mess. And in part to the University of Utah not telling us the right information. Um, so turns out they let us through. We missed our way over. I was in this detention area for like eight hours. So that was the only uh, real travel disaster that we've had. And it, but it, when we got to Edinburgh, it turned out to be this amazing experience. Um, I don't know if you guys have been there, but it's a you know city that preserves the old parts of Europe and the UK. So you know there's like castles everywhere. Um, but then it's also like very modern, like you can find, you know, like modern restaurants and shops and everything. So it's the perfect blend of old and new. So that was one of the most like amazing places that we've lived. Um, another place in my top three, excuse me, I think Travis, you've been in on the border of um, Brazil and Paraguay to the Fulce de Iwasu. Have you been there? I have. That was the last area on my mission. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, so Dave served his mission in Paraguay, in Asuncion, and we went back a few years ago with his parents, and so we went to um, Argentina, Uruguay, Brazil, and Paraguay. And 
Um, I, you know, you see pictures of like waterfalls, like Niagara Falls. I've seen pictures of the Falls of Iwasu. But when I walked on that platform, I just remember thinking, like, it literally took my breath away. And it was like, oh my gosh, there are places on this earth that are just so, so incredible and so beautiful. I like, could not believe that it existed. And it was just like every waterfall that we saw and just the views, it was just absolutely just like blew my mind. Um, so that was another incredible place that we've been. Uh, the Another top three place... I would go back to a story I told earlier about going to Stamford Bridge, which is uh, Chelsea Stadium in London. And it was just like a dream come true. I, I was like just tearing up, just being there. It was it was so emotional to, I don't know. I just have a weird connection with um, like sports and teams and athletes that I follow. Um, yeah, that was like in the top three. Unfortunately, Dave could not go on that trip. So the only thing that would have made it better is if he was with me because he gets like how emotional I am with with sports and especially with soccer um being there it was yeah it was a it was like a dream come true it was freezing cold it was February but I just like didn't want the game to end like I just wanted to like stay there forever and so yeah so those are my top three <clears throat> so two things I want to talk about <clears throat> for that you're right. When you go to Falls de Guasu, you see those you see pictures of it. You know, you think, "Wow, waterfalls are cool." And I remember walking. You have to go on a little bit uh, hike. You have to get to, go on a walk to get to to get to the fall the falls. And you, and you start walking. You start seeing the waterfalls. You're like, "Oh man, this is beautiful! Holy cow, it's so big!" And you keep walking. You turn a corner, and the waterfall keeps going. And you're like, "Holy cow!" And you keep walking. And it just keeps going. And then you get you get to out the platform at the end, and it's just this deafening roar and just this awe-inspiring power, and you're soaking wet from the mist coming off of the waterfalls, and so you think you're like, I can't believe there's a place on Earth like this. It's it's just amazing. It's such amazing. One of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. Um, we weren't the most obedient missionaries because we would go there frequently, like every P day, because hey, we were there, and we're not gonna go back we would go and play in the river probably a little bit too close to the waterfalls so uh, <laughs> we didn't we weren't swimming perhaps like the white bible says not to but uh we were definitely travis out. here confessing sins hey the statute of limitations is way way past <laughs> on this so but yeah we were you know the wildlife there is cool. They have this, these cool quatties. These they look like a cross between raccoons and lemurs, and they just come up and eat, try and steal stuff out of your bag, and you know, all sorts of birds. The two can two there, and uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful place. So I agree. Uh, Falls de Boisseau is uh, is beautiful. The the Argentine side is a lot. You got a lot of better, lot better views than the Brazilian side, but you know we couldn't go to the Argentine side. So I, I was, I was disobedient, but not that disobedient. <laughs> no, I totally love your description of that. So, how many times have you said you've, you've like seen them then? Or uh, the I probably went to like five times that I was there. Oh wow! That's like awesome. we literally, we literally went as many P days as we could. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Uh, and I've been to Yosemite, guys. Yosemite. <laughs> Yosemite is also very. That's neat. like ha, ha, half dome is great. I would love to yeah, have yes, half dome one time. 
You guys are much more traveled than I am. Congratulations. Mission, mission doesn't count. <laughs> no, I agree. But uh, one other thing, Jen, that you left off about your Scotland trip, tell us about the famous people you met in detention. I'm trying to think if I'm... Oh, yes, I did meet someone famous. So one of the groups that was flagged was also from the U.S. And, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm, like, super nervous. I, you know, about to cry because I have no idea what's going on. And there's a group of guys next to me and they're like, they're singing and dancing. And one has like a guitar. And I'm just like, how do you guys have so much energy? Like we just flew for like 12 hours and you have no idea if you're going to make it through or if you're going to get sent back. And so finally I'm like, where are you guys from? And they were like, LA, of course, right? And I'm like, are you guys like a band or something? You know, they have the guitar. And it was that band called LMFAO. I don't know if you guys yeah. remember them. This is like blasting. So, oh yeah. And I <laughs> you met like <laughs> you met Red Foo, right? I think so. The, you know, they're like the the party rock guys. The big Afro, yeah. Yes, yeah. And so I was just like, okay, <laughs> like I was like, cool. Like I've never heard of them, but apparently they were big at at some point, and I've I've heard their songs now. So yeah, that was the <laughs> the highlight of the detention experience, I guess. Right before getting fingerprinted. <laughs> partying with LMFAO in detention in Edit Scotland me. so I think we just found our outro music Dallas yeah there you go I'll have to find something from LMFAO play some party rock anthem on the way out <laughs> no that's awesome that's an awesome story oh. alright uh, so Jen we talked about a little bit of music here um and maybe we already talked about this a little bit, but I, ha- I have I have more we can add to this. We did we did talk we did talk we did talk high school stuff. So let me let me jump in just let me jump let me just jump in real quick. So Dave Dave also asked us to uh, ask you if you have any interesting concert stories about uh, bands you have seen and whatnot. And if you're not if you're not gonna fess up, then he told me who to prompt you on. What's the prompt? Rancid and AFI in okay. Salt Lake. Yes, so that was like one of my like absolute favorite shows. My best friend growing up, we were both together at BYU, and so we took the tracks up to see Rancid and AFI at a venue. It was called Bricks, and I I think the name's changed probably five times since then. So somewhere like downtown, you know, we don't know our way around. But it was, like, the venue where the roof comes off, and, you know, it's, like, December, but it's just, like, an amazing atmosphere. The bands are obviously um, both incredible. I felt like after they got through the technical issues, the show was just, like, electric. Like, you know, when you go to shows and and you just love that you think, oh, my gosh, I can't love this band anymore, and you just leave, and you're just, like, energized, and you're pumped, and you've just seen this amazing performance. So after that was over, we get back on on the tracks and you know we we don't really know how tracks works we were like freshmen at BYU and then we're like oh I think this is the last stop we should get off before the tracks goes back and this is before cell phones too so we jump off and we look around and we're like in Sandy somewhere where we were lost we have no idea where we are and it's like after midnight so the tracks aren't running so we're like oh let's just like start walking back <laughs> we, we don't know we have like no idea where we are so there's like two 18-year-olds who are not from there. We're walking along the train tracks. And then as we're walking, you know, 
five more trains past us and they're honking like get off the tracks you guys are so dumb and we ended up <laughs> walking through like some school i think it's in like jordan the beat digger school i think it was that school you know we're, we're walking through there anyway we finally make it to sandy at like 2 a.m and call my friend's aunt who lives there to pick us up and she's you know beyond pissed getting woken up by a girl she doesn't know and a niece being like hey can we spend the night because we don't know how trains work and we don't have a way to get back to Provo <laughs> so it was it was an eventful it was very a memorable experience but it was po overall positive because the bands were just incredible what are two 18 year old girls doing walking from downtown Salt Lake to Sandy Utah along the tracks yeah, just That's, being dumb because we have that no is idea about nuts. geography. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely nuts. I'm I'm glad you're still safe and alive. Yes, I'm, I know how trains work now. So <laughs> that they continue on the tracks; they don't actually have to get off. Or you know, it wasn't the last what, what train. So what exactly was the confusion there? We thought that if we didn't get off, the train would go back to Salt Lake. Like, there wouldn't be any conductor saying, like, this is the last train or anything. So, yeah, we got off, and it, it clearly wasn't. The train ran for probably another hour or two. But just, you know, when you're a teenager and you're, like, invincible and you just think you can just, you know, impromptu life and just it'll be okay in the end. And it was okay in the end, but we learned, you know, look at schedules and ask people, learn how trains work, learn about Utah geography, so Sandy is not Provo. We know that now. <laughs> I love how you phrase that. Learn how trains work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good story, too. So you talked about you you talked about you were the pop, the pop punk princess in high school, right? <laughs> totally, what? totally. What are your favorite genres of music right now? Or, yeah, favorite genres of music right now? Right now, I'm kind of into, I wouldn't say everything, because I'm not everything, but I like, like, I really into, like, Frank Turner, if you couldn't tell from that amazing song, but I'm sure you guys will fall in love with Frank Turner. Uh, kind of just, like, indie music. Um, yeah, he's, like, my top right now. I also like Churches, which is more, like, kind of, like, pop electronic music have either of you guys heard of them i have i like churches nice you'll, pro those... you'll probably like the lcd sound system oh. song then nice i'll definitely check them out and then just like some you know older music that i still listen to like weezer's you know it's an all-time classic you can't go wrong with them you can listen to them yes um you know they're, they're timeless i still listen to you know all that stuff Excellent. Weezer. I think I've seen them two or three times in concert. They're one of my favorites. Nice. I've only seen them once, and it was, like, in high school, so a million years ago. Well, they're... they're so I'm glad you guys mentioned a, a band that I, <laughs> I was familiar with. I just don't know how... I don't know how you stay current on, on all these bands. I, I just I have no idea. And, and another confession that I, that I have, I've only ever been to one concert. Really? Oh, what was that? What is that yeah. concert, Captain Box Elder? Uh, it was uh, a Shakira concert <laughs> in Puerto Rico. Okay, that uh, I never would have I guessed. There. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean out of all the out of all the people and places, 
No, you never would have got that. You you could use that in fourth truce and a lie, and like you would win every single time. That that's right. It was a great show too, and it was fun because just the atmosphere of where we were. You know, if we would have seen her in Salt Lake or L.A. or whatever, it wouldn't have been the same. I think, but uh, of um, course, it was it was right around when um, it was it was funny. So I was only there for four months. We were working um, with one of the alarm companies. Was down there. That's where I met my wife. Uh, she was living down there, and um, so anyway, they uh, the Mets and the Expos played a game there um, because the Expos were playing. Uh, some home games in Puerto Rico for whatever reason for a couple years. And so they came down and there was a game. So we got to go see a Mets game, which I'm a fan of the Mets. And uh, a Shakira came. So in those four months, like two awesome things happened that I couldn't have like um, planned it any better. So, uh, but yeah, it's the only ever concert I've ever been to. Huh. I, I'd love to go to like U2. Um, but oh, U2. See, I, I, always, I always find oh. out about this stuff late though. U2 is the most overrated band in the history of bands. Uh, I have to agree with Travis on that. (laughs) Yay! Okay. Sorry to all Uh, your U2 lovers, but oh, gosh. I like U2 soon. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you that. I mean, you can can go watch your U2 for your second concert. I'm not saying that's going to be my second concert, but... I do need to get out and see more shows. I, like I said, I just, I just, I'm always late in hearing about them. So, so if, you, just... if you could go to any show besides you two, I know you just said that, but if you could go to one good band concert, what what would you choose? Weezer. Weezer. Nice. I, I got to agree. Um, yeah, Weezer's timeless. Um, and, and like Jen said, they're they're... You can listen to their blue album over and over and over again. You know that never gets old. Um, Pinkerton was was criminally underrated. Pinkerton, um, that's my, one of my favorite and, albums of all time. Is Pinkerton? Yeah, right. Um, and I and I haven't kept up with them as as much as I, I should. But um, but those first two albums were absolutely awesome and amazing. So Weezer Weezer would be my answer to that. All right, that's, accept, that's acceptable. You've. Uh, Redeem yourself from YouTube. Do I, do I get some music points back? Yes. Good. Good to know. All right, let's talk movies a little bit, Jen. Um, my my wife is loves the rom coms. Um, I'm curious as to to what you like. I am one of the few people who don't have like a favorite movie, like a single one. Um, I enjoy like. I guess romantic movies are the movies that I watch the least. Um, I kind of like a little bit of everything else, like action movies. I enjoy like war movies, um, like spy movies. Um, one of my guilty pleasures is actually Pitch Perfect. Like I've watched that <laughs> series probably, I don't know, maybe like 50 to 100 times. Um, when I first heard about it, I thought it was a baseball movie because Pitch, like, pitch perfect right sounds yeah. like a picture it's gonna be a baseball movie so i was like yeah let's watch this on netflix and turns out it's the total opposite you know it's about an acapella group and then it's just kind of like a fun movie you can just have it in the background it has like music it's entertaining um i like anna kendrick she's the main actress in it 
And so now when the next two came out, I'm like, yeah, let's let's do this. Pitch perfect. And, you know, Dave is like, again, we already watched that like last week. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, another movie that I could watch over and over. I like uh, Office Space. It's like the funniest movie in the world. And then um, I also like Inception. Like, I feel like I could watch that. <laughs> I love the soundtrack to it. Um, just the, the whole drama of it. So I yeah, just kind of like a a mixed bag of, of movies for me. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have expected um, a little bit more focus in, <laughs> in your movie watching, but you hit all of them. So uh, Dallas, per- what's, what's a yeah. movie you could watch over and over again? Hers is Pitch Perfect or Inception. Give me one you can watch um, over and over again. I always stop on um, Shawshank Redemption. I think that's a good, uh, like, you have to. It's on TV. You have to. Yeah. It always captures my attention. Um, you know, it, it's on TV. It's got to be on TV three or four times a month. And anytime I see it, I, that's where I'm stopping. Um, probably uh, The Dark Knight also uh, yeah, that's is one. one that I could watch all the time. I mean... I remember sitting in there uh, watching that, you know, um, back, this is, came out before we had kids, so went to a few more movies in the theater uh, back then, but I just remember thinking, like, how incredible this movie is, and, like, I didn't want that experience to stop. It just felt like, like, the, the, the biggest, like, good versus evil struggle uh, portrayed in film that I, I could remember, and I don't know, it just, it was one of those ones that, that I just didn't want to end, um, I don't know, th- those two, I guess, come to mind. Um, and it's funny, uh, the first rated R movie I ever watched was Speed, and, and I'll stop for Speed 2. <laughs> <laughs> speed and Speed 2. You know what's funny? That was the first no, rated not, R not, movie that I saw, too, was Speed. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, not Speed 2, just Speed, sorry. <laughs> speed also. Oh, Speed also. Gotcha. Nice. What about you, Travis? Um, my first rated R movie that I saw, I think, was Braveheart. Oh, also a good one. I think. Okay. Um, that's one I could probably watch over and over again. Though, like, Braveheart, um, Gladiator, uh, The Patriot, those those I could watch over and over again. Um, funny story, there was, there was one movie in high school, me and my friends went and saw in the theater, like, eight times. And I don't think anybody would be able to guess which movie we saw eight times in the theater. Um, what year? 1996. What genre of movie 19... is it? Um, action? Jen and I are going to try to guess this. <laughs> Go for it. Action. Action 1996. Action-ish. Uh, drama action. I don't know how to... How to... Okay, give us... I mean, so we're talking 22 years ago. Give us a, an actor. Um, gosh dang it. Um, one of the dudes that was on, uh, Beverly Hills 90210. What was his? Oh, Presley? Uh, it wasn't or... Presley. It was the other one. It wasn't Ian Ziering. The guy that does all the Sharknados? No, not Ian Ziering. The other guy. 
I've tapped out of my 90210 knowledge, <laughs> Travis. You gotta help. <laughs> I'm looking up. Just a second. Um, if I give you any more like clues, it's gonna like give it away. Give me one second. You have any idea, Jen? I have Luke, no idea. Luke, Luke Perry was the dude. Luke Perry. Oh, oh okay, yeah, Luke Perry. The third guy from 90210 that you didn't mention. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin was in it. Stephen, uh, yeah, I'm not. We're, I'm not getting we're this. <laughs> Eight seconds. Eight you guys seconds. You even remember it? You know, Lane Frost. Eight seconds, and you saw it eight times. Yeah, the professional rodeo, uh, bull rider. Man, I we love that. I went like, so we we went and watched that like, seriously like seven, eight, nine times in the theater. Um, we went to like the hardware store and we made ourselves. We built a a, um, a barrel bowl in the back in my friend's backyard where we practiced bull riding on this barrel bowl. Man, we were we were gonna be barrel like bull riders after that high sounds school. Sounds like a life changing movie for you. It was a great like I don't know like man I have like a like a romanticism with like the the old west and the cowboy ways and you know if I could have any other job I'd probably like quit it quit everything and go start a ranch somewhere that's but so I just have this romanticism with uh, with cowboys I guess. Did you get a big, a big belt buckle belt? No, no belt buckle. I had, uh, I had boots and a cowboy hat. I still have boots and a cowboy hat that I'll pull out every once in a while. <laughs> but I wanted to be a bull rider, but nobody really said bull riders aren't usually over like five foot seven inches tall. I'm have much you, taller. Dallas, have you heard of that movie? I have. I don't. I. I don't think I ever watched it, but I. But I've. Oh man, you're, miss, yeah. you're missing out. It's a great rodeo movie. I have definitely Do not, not know seen it, it and not ever heard of it. I, I thought it was like a, I don't know, some death sort of movie. When you said eight seconds, so I'll have to go look it up. <laughs> well, if you want to see Luke Perry and tight wranglers ride bulls, go ahead and uh, see if it's on Netflix. I don't know if it is or not, but eight seconds. That's how I'll sell it to Dude, Dave. that's so hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious that you would have seen it that movie eight times, man. It's like the only movie I've ever seen multiple times in the theater, too. <laughs> I I had a, a mission companion who was a who was kind of a cowboy, and uh, he taught us to rope. Oh, awesome! And that was actually that was actually pretty fun. Um, uh, like. I don't know what he what he gave us. I, I want I want to say it was like an extension cord, and, uh, <laughs> and he like a really long one. And uh, he's like, "This is how you twirl it around, and this is how you throw it." And it's it's kind of stupid, uh, but we had so we'd have like one of our elders like, "All right, ready, set, go!" And so he'd yes. run and give him like a three second head start, <laughs> and then we then we'd lasso him and rope him. <laughs> Could you imagine him taken down by like the neck or the ankles or something like that? With an extension it really, cord. It was really dumb. Yeah, with an uh, extension cord. Death by asphyxiation <laughs> by a, an elder who was uh, your mission present. Learning how to rope. Elder, how did you break your front two front teeth? Uh, I got roped by the ankles by an extension cord and <laughs> fell face first into the concrete. <laughs> as long as we're sharing mission transgressions, right? Yeah. Jen, your turn. Mission tra- mission transgressions or what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
my mission was too long ago to remember, but it was an awesome experience. Tell us about Guatemala then. Um, Guatemala is an amazing country. It's very lush. Uh, it's very, you know, it's a third world country, um, but it's incredible. It kind of goes along with actually how I picked my Twitter handle, which is at Pupusa. So have you guys, you guys have tried Pupusas? I assume. I have, yes. Dallas? Awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of people from El Salvador, which borders Guatemala, who would, you know, come up for work uh, in the capital city. And so we met a lot of people who made pupusas. So um, if you haven't, anyone listening has not had the opportunity to try one, it's basically like dough similar to what you'd have in like a tortilla, like not the same dough, but similar. And it's filled with like, you can fill it with cheese, you can fill it with meat, you can fill it with beans, a mixture of whatever. And it's kind of like a, a flat pocket, I guess would be the best way. Um, and then you serve it with um, like pickled cabbage and salsa on top. So when I was in Guatemala, um, you know, I love to eat and I loved pupusas. And when I got on Twitter, I, I don't know why I didn't just pick my name because we have a last name that's not super common. So Jen Holtkamp was probably available, but I was like, I'll just pick Pupusa. This is the time, you know, my only follower is my husband. So it's like, whatever. Um, so yes, yeah, so a lot of times people will be like, what's your handle? Or like, oh, I thought it meant pup as in a dog and then USA as in the country you live in, like a patriotic dog. And that also works. <laughs> I, I also love dogs and I, I love this country. So either way you look at it, if it's Pupusa or if it's Pup USA, that's me. <laughs> Pup USA. I, I've seen your handle, you know, for years and years and years, and, and, and thought the same thing, Pup USA. Nice. Or, but I, but I mean, I knew better. Uh, pupusa. Uh, you can buy those for a dollar here in in California. So, yeah, very familiar. I I, I went to Mexico and we had. Um, we didn't call them pupusas, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I can't remember the name of them, but, but those were one of the things that, that when you got them, you were really thankful because it was something that was, um, editable or edible, uh, for a, for an American that, that, that hasn't traveled outside of his hometown very far, right? Were you in which part of Mexico? Uh, Mexico city and then out to... Uh, down to Acapulco, um, oh, wow. and then over to um, Zihuatanejo, which is uh, uh, mentioned in um, Shawshank Redemption. That's where Andy oh. tells Red to, to meet him is out in Zihuatanejo. So that's where that's if if no one knows where where that's at, they usually can can tie that reference in and say, oh, okay, yeah, I've heard of Zihuatanejo. Nice. Never been out there, but it, but I've been told it's beautiful. Um, right there and they do some like surfing competitions like i guess the waves are really good out there too so so yeah that, that's my mission so we've hit them all we know where travis went now we know where jen went um <coughs> jen tell us well since you brought up puff usa tell us about bruce a little bit so bruce is our dog he is a pembroke welsh corgi um so corgis are known for mostly for being the queen's dog. So Queen Elizabeth has always had corgis. At one time she had like five or six. I think the last one actually just passed um, earlier this year. So corgis, they have you know, the big fox ears. They have short 
tails, they actually dock them, so it's just like a, a nub, basically. So long body, short legs. Corgis just have a funny personality. Um, I had no idea what one was until we were married, and Dave kind of knew what they were because I think from the Queen. And we were living in Virginia at the time, and we saw one on the street, and I was like, I just like fell in love. Like I always grew up wanting a dog. My parents like do not like dogs. They're like the no pets um, type people. So, you know, never had a dog growing up. And it was my birthday that year. And as my present, Dave surprised me with a corgi puppy. And so he had a picture of Bruce when he was like, I don't know, like six weeks old. It's just little, like a little potato, furry potato you could hold in your hands. And so we went, if you could probably hear Bruce barking because I, I keep <laughs> saying his name in the background. Um, so yeah, we got Bruce when he was uh, eight weeks old. He's a little rascal. He's like seven years old now. Um, he's a watchdog. It's like a, a little dog, but they they act like they're big. So they'll like bark and, and act all tough. But the funniest thing about corgis is they just, I don't know, when they get together, we have these like corgi meetups. We actually went to a, a corgi barbecue this weekend. I see you laughing, Travis. <laughs> um, everywhere we've lived, corgi owners were just, we're all like super protective and we like love the breed. And so we'll find these like Facebook groups of people in nearby areas and have these corgi meetups and kind of like take over the dog park. So this barbecue we had um, over the weekend out um, the Inland Empire corgi group, there was like 20 corgis and their owners. And you know, we're all like taking pictures of our dogs on our phones. And I know this will sound silly to some people, but Bruce actually has a, an Instagram account. And he follows, you know, 200 corgis and, you know, 400 corgis, like, follow him back. So it's just this little, the weirdest, quirkiest, like, niche. Um, and Dave probably thinks it's silly. You know, we, like, dress him up or I dress him up. He has, like, Halloween costumes. So I'm totally one of those, like, dog owners. But he just makes me so happy. He's, like, the sweetest dog. And, you know, dogs don't live as long as humans. And I'll only have him for, uh, you know, a limited amount of, of time. So I'm just making the most of it and just giving him all the love that he deserves he loves us you know, unconditionally and so I just try and return the favor to him and that's Bruce Corgi play <laughs> dates awesome. Corgi play dates and Corgi barbecues <laughs> see, see I get tweet ups but I can't wrap my head around Corgi Corgi, uh, corgi ups <laughs> Yeah, the thing we like about it the most is just not only is it like, you know, it's a way to to meet local people who share an interest in, in corgis and then, you know, if you need a dog sitter, we have, you know, this network of people who will watch your dog and just love him all the same. Yeah, so I looked him up, I, I looked up what a corgi looks like because I wasn't familiar with them and they look like a, a kind of a, like a little fox. Yes. A little bit. Uh, it, it would be the best description for, I guess... Whoever's listening that that can't like go look them up right 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 away, but uh, yeah, kind of like a fox. Big tall ears that the point up and are, are, are pointy. Yes, yeah, corgis are they're herding dogs. That's what they're mostly used for, like herding cattle or whatever, because they're low to the ground. But if you want to see more Dallas, you could check out Bruce's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel but obligated I, to follow. I, <laughs> what's his What's his handle? Give us his I, handle. I I'm at least going to go find it. His handle is Bruce Welsh Corgi. All one word. And I am totally not offended if you don't follow him. <laughs> uh, follow, I'm following Bruce Welsh Corgi right now. 
Yeah, he, he probably won't follow back because he only follows dogs, so just a disclaimer right there. Uh, okay. Let's see how this is. Oh, that is funny. I'm looking for him right now. Nothing's nothing's coming up. I just followed him. It's probably my internet. It's, it's probably my internet. Uh, croissant or corgi, we'll never know. <laughs> and there's a picture of the corgi meetup. Creative captions from yours truly. <laughs> well, so Jen, I, I understand that you and Dave have a baseball bucket list. We do. So our our goal is to go to all the MLB stadiums. So there's 30, and so far we've gone to 20. So before we had kids, it was obviously a lot easier to travel. And we, you know, we got married in San Diego, but we were students, so we were living in Utah. And then Dave went to grad school on the East Coast, so we had the opportunity to road trip from Salt Lake out to Virginia. And that was a great time to hit up a bunch of, you know, into like... Chicago and Pittsburgh and just some of those cities that you may not ever find yourself in in like Cleveland or whatever and then when we drove back and forth we got to a few more so there's um, there's a big chunk we've missed we haven't hit the south so that'll be our next one and then oddly enough when we lived in Texas we uh, were only there in the summer and we did not have time to go to Houston or Dallas so um, that's another one and then we also missed Milwaukee because um, they were out of town when we were there. So yeah, our goal is to see a game in every state and not just like pass it and say we've been there. So that's our kind of how um, one of your previous guests, uh, Aerobic Jim, had talked about you know going to all the national parks and the temples, which is those are awesome as well. And um, this is just kind of our little thing that we like to do together. We love watching baseball, like I mentioned. You know, I grew up a Padres fan. It's it's not glamorous being a Padres fan, and so when Dave and I got married, he wasn't sure if he, you know, really wanted to adopt the Padres as his team because you never see the postseason with them. And so when we lived in Washington D.C. for um, another one of his internships, we just picked the Nationals, and it was like 2009. Um, that was before you know the Strasburg, Harper, Scherzer, um, all the more well-known players and tickets were super cheap it was never a problem getting to the stadium there was like no crowds because they were kind of horrible at that point so it's been it's been an exciting team uh to watch throughout the years and you know as they've been getting Max Scherzer is like one of my favorite pitchers and seeing him on the Tigers you know it's like he's awesome and then having him come to your team it's like a dream come true and watching him pitch and both you guys are also baseball guys uh, it's just been it's just a, a pleasure and, and a joy um, being able to watch the team kind of grow and develop and actually make the postseason kind of have a, a run at winning the division, you know, multiple years in our lifetime. So, yeah, hopefully we can get those last 10 stadiums. Uh, last year we went to Seattle for our 20th um, MLB park, and we actually met up with um, a few people that we know from Twitter. And so it was fun. We got to see uh, Robbie McCombs and, and his wife Haley, and we also met with Ken O'Kelly, who they're all living up in Seattle, and um, Brett Barlow, uh, the former at Beauty Dude, was in Washington with his daughter on a soccer tournament. So all of us tweeps met up there, and it was an awesome game, awesome stadium. I don't know if you guys have been up to the Mariner Stadium. It's just, it's just gorgeous, and you know you can't beat 
can't beat the weather up there either. What has been your favorite stadium that you've been to? I think our, both our favorites was Fenway Park, just because it's it's so historic, and we kind of like how they've preserved the the old kind of feel. Um, it's just a cool place to be, and also you know, like Wrigley kind of has the same feel. Um, I think our least favorite it was probably the Oakland A's the stadium. stadium. It was just kind of <laughs> like you know, it's just a, a concrete block, and it was just. Kind of like Oakland's a cool, you know, cool city. It's by San Francisco's on the bay. Um, that probably just wasn't our favorite, but yeah, every stadium has something like really unique to offer, and it's been cool to just to, you know, just not only be there in person, but just to get the, the whole atmosphere that you can't really pick up on TV. You know, you hear the crowd, you see the crowd, and um, but just to be there with like local fans and being able to, to interact with them, it's just been awesome. I was hoping to say your least favorite stadium was um, Dodger Stadium. It's yeah, that's my least favorite team <laughs> by far. Um, but just the the location, it's you know in Chavez Ravine, it's it's beautiful and watching a sunset there. Even though like I hate the Dodgers, um, but they have a lot of a lot of talented players. And now that we live in the LA area, you know that's where we'll go to to their ballpark or Angel Stadium. Um, but yeah, Dodgers ballpark, it's. It's a, a nice location. Like I said, you know, you can't beat the sunset there. And some really good. Kershaw's one of uh, another favorite pitcher, even if he's not on a, a team that I cheer for. <clears throat> you have to respect how good he is. Oh, yeah, definitely. So back when you were at, back where you were watching the Nationals, um, who was the big name on the Nationals? Oh gosh! Is there anybody, um, anybody you remember? I'm trying to think back. Probably Vlad Guerrero, wasn't it? Was, uh, I think it was still the, the tail end. Uh, one of the players that we've liked, enjoyed watching through the years was uh, Ian Desmond. So he was kind of a, a newer player at that time, and being able to watch him through the years, and he was like an all-star at one point, and uh, he was with the Rockies, and I'm not sure He's, where he actually is with the Rangers. I think now. Don't I just this, I just saw him. He was playing first base for the Rockies. Okay, so yeah, that so was the that was earlier this season. So okay, yeah, it's just been fun to watch him uh, develop as a player. You, know, you you watch someone for you know eight nine years and and so yeah, we, you know two thousand nine we're like you know who is this guy? You know, he's kind of a newer player. You know they're bound to make you know a few errors now and then. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting to see uh, the growth and. Uh, you know, a lot more fans, and to have some of those really, you know, exciting players that everyone knows, and uh, most people seem to like, you know, like the Bryce Harper type. You know, there's a lot of of hype around him, and um, you know, we like him as a person, um, but you know, obviously as a player, he's very, very exciting to watch. I love Bryce Harper. If I could get my kid to play like any baseball player, it would be Bryce Harper. Because he just plays hard all the time. Yes. Dallas, I know you've been you've been very quiet about this whole Nationals talk. It's because he likes the Mets and the Mets. I know. So. <laughs> no comment on the net Mets sucking Dallas. We've subdued him with all the I, the Nationals and soccer talk. I think. No. I, no, actually. Um, <laughs> no, uh, 
I'm having uh, some some internet feed issues and, and having a hard time hearing. But um, the uh, no, I, I, I'm I'm interested. Um, I haven't uh, you know really appreciated the, the Nationals talk. That's true. Um, <laughs> but no, I um, I can appreciate it. And, and Max Scherzer is is one guy that that I really like watching too. Um, I, I still think uh, Jacob Degrom is better, having a better year, and deserves a Cy Young. <laughs> but um, just for being on the Mets, he deserves that. Here's your consolation prize. <laughs> well, and, and here's the other thing: he gets absolutely zero, zero run support. support. Zero. He's got a 1.7 ERA, and he's eight and seven Ugh, in his win loss record. So it just shows you like that is terrible. Just overcome the mental anguish of I have to shut this team out or else I'm getting a loss. You know, in he my he does book, deserve a Cy Young. Get, get some bonus points. But I'm, I'm curious for Jen. Are you more of a Washington fan now or a Padres fan? What's what's taken over? It's been easier to follow the Nationals just by living out there. And then also, like with Dave, you know, if there's two games on, you know, his main team is the Nationals. And so we, we watch them a little bit more. Um, now that we're living closer to San Diego, we actually haven't been to a game in, in a while. But um, I don't know. It's kind of like both. It's, you know, if they're playing each other, I don't know. Obviously, there's one team that everyone can guess, which is a little bit more um, exciting to watch currently. And, you know, the last five years have kind of been the same. Um, I do have, you know, a lot better memories, you know, growing up, going to Padres games, sit up in the nosebleed seats, get get like a hot dog or whatever. Um, Trevor Hoffman is like my all-time favorite player and watching him get inducted to the Hall of Fame is just, I don't know, like I've, I mentioned before, I just get so emotional about sports, so... It's probably a little weird that I'm getting so emotional about these people that I don't have a huge connection that I've never met with, that I've never, will probably ever meet. Um, but yeah, you know, watching him and Tony Gwynn and playing in the, the late 90s was just just incredible. Uh, I'd love to see them, um, you know, even come in fourth in the division would be awesome. <laughs> you know, even getting out of that, that lowest spot. Um, just keep the faith. You know, Padres fans, it's been our motto for like 20 years. Just keep the faith. Bring back the brown. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess right, right now I'd say I watch the Nationals a little bit more. They just get a little bit more uh, prime time. And then as a family, you know, we kind of just follow them a little bit more. <clears throat> so, Dallas, we have another choice, another run for uh, the outro song. We can play Hell's Bells because that's what Trevor Hoffman entered the game to when he closed out baseball games was Hell's Bells. Fair enough. Yes, 100% so, approved. <laughs> so, so maybe we go with Hell's Bells instead of uh, Party Rock Anthem. <laughs> yeah, Hell's Bells still gives me the chills because that's it's Trevor time. You know, when you hear those, even if I listen to it now, like yeah, I, I get the chills still. Yep, this, I mean, iconic moments. He's the all-time leader in saves, right? Um, and just, you know, that song is a, affiliated with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it's just awesome how music can do that, just bring back certain memories. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. So uh, Dallas is having technical difficulties again. So I'll ask a question. Um, if you were to meet um, one of your sports heroes, who would you have the most difficult time um 
being coherent, not being like absolutely. Would it be Would it be Tony Gwynn if you could meet him? Would it be Trevor Hoffman? Would it be uh, Aiden Azard? Did I pronounce that pronounce that correctly? Yeah, that was good. Um, Azard. Would it be uh, Bryce Harp Scherzer? Who would it be? I think it'd be Messi. Messi. Yes. Yeah. If I met Messi, I don't know if I could. Yeah, I would be totally like I am trying right now, trying to describe this to you, just totally flabbergasted. Like I would not even know like where to begin. I, he's just absolutely incredible. Um, actually, the most recent time that I saw Tony Gwynn when he was coaching for San Diego State, and so they would come up to play BYU. So we'd always go, and I mean, you're so close to him. It's like you know, there's like low security. You can chat with. Tony Gwynn, and it was just pretty cool just to see him there. Um, yeah, gone too soon. Yep. Tony Gwynn, and one of the all-time great guys, too. I mean, his smile, his laugh, great, great guy. Yeah, just a loyal, just, yeah, overall, you know, family guy, just a, yeah, good guy and an incredible player. Yes. Um, so... You and I kind of have a have a uh, common interest. We both like to serve, and I know that you uh, you've been involved in some service projects. What are some what are some service projects you've been involved in, and uh, maybe some that you do currently or you know have done recently? And why do you like to serve? Uh, the one that is kind of an ongoing project. So it started about ten uh, ish years ago. We were living in Salt Lake and. There's quite a bit of, of like homeless people, you know, you see off the freeway ramps. And I just remember thinking like, like what's something that I could do that, you know, doesn't take a ton of like time or money that can kind of help them out. And so I had this idea of just like starting to knit scarves um, with the intention of like donating to places like the road home, which is in Salt Lake. So that's just kind of an ongoing thing. And I've just done it every winter. Um, so no matter where I was, like Virginia, just find a local place there uh, when we were living in Scotland to find a, a local homeless shelter there. Uh, so that's something that I've kind of just been doing. Uh, like I said, I kind of will knit, like when we're watching, you know, TV or Netflix at the end of the night and just kind of try to stockpile through the whole year and then when it gets cold to find um, a shelter. And it's something, it's something like super small. And I know it's like the same as like you could probably buy a, a scarf for like 10 bucks and donate a ton. Um, but it just gives me something like as I'm knitting to be thinking about, trying to think about um, others who are less fortunate who don't have houses and you know employment and health insurance and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's been good for me just to kind of um, try and stay a little bit more rooted and a little bit more conscious, or, yeah, just a little bit more aware of, of my fellow human beings. Um, so yeah. Excellent. Um, so that's something you plan on doing, uh, you know, for foreseeable future. Yeah, I think so. Like it's uh, something that doesn't take you know a lot of time or a lot of supplies and a skill that I just taught myself off of like a book, how to knit. Um, so yeah, I do it kind of continuously throughout the year. In the fall, I do like a, a buy one give one. So kind of the same that you know, billions of other charities actually already do. If you buy a product and then one is um, made and then donated. Excellent. Um, why, 
why do you do that? Why? What's the driving fact? The driving force behind that? Oh, I just like being uh, doing stuff with my hands, like creative stuff, and like I said, it just helps remind me, like as I'm making all these things, like what's what's the purpose? It's not, you know, necessarily to like make money, but to in some small way to give back to others and just to try and keep people warm. Um, this winter, I'm not sure if I'll donate to the ones in LA because it's not like we have a super need for scars down here. <laughs> um, last year, I we were actually up in Utah on vacation, so I actually took them um, back up to the road home, just kind of a place where it looks like there's a little bit more need. And when you think about people, it's like 30 degrees and snowing and they're freezing. and um, you know, a lot of people, they're homeless for whatever reason. Like, I don't know their reasons. Um, some people choose um, that path. Some people, obviously, you know, they're down their luck. Um, just some people just have made other choices or for whatever reason um, that I'm blessed to have, like, a house and the ability to help other people. So, yeah, in my spare time, I figure I can try and do a little bit just to give back. Excellent. Well, thank you for your service. It's always uh, it's always a good feeling when you serve and you serve with a purpose. Yeah, definitely. So thank you. Thanks for doing that for everybody. Well, we lost uh, Dallas. Dallas is, is gone, and he's messaged me that he cannot get back on. So it's just me flying solo on my co-host, my fill-in co-host. So here is where I either hit the grand slam or do the walk-off balk. We basically um, just took over their podcast. It's just you and me now. <laughs> we're holding a hostage. Uh, we're changing. We're changing the name to the podcast. Uh, so box of, <laughs> box of rocks. Box of rocks. Box of rocks. And yeah, all podcasts going forward will be Jen and I choosing Twitter guests to interview. Cody has uh, stepped off, and Dallas has left. So it is now officially ours. It's Gorilla Radio right now. Yes. <laughs> Um, so they, uh, they like to ask a couple things before they, before they log off. Um, favorite snacks. Do you have any favorite snacks? Well, I know we talked about you being healthy, but, uh, favorite snacks. And you better not say stuff like pretzels and hummus or something like that. Give us, give us like <laughs> junk food. Oh, I'm trying to think of what I even eat for snacks. Like I eat a lot of like granola and granola bars. I know that's like super boring. <laughs> Travis is rolling his eyes. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I could pick a snack that I could eat and not gain like a million pounds, yeah, that's, pick, that's, that's, uh, like Cheetos, Doritos, uh, white chocolate covered pretzels, and corn nuts, and then ice cream. Nuts. Who doesn't love ice cream? Yeah, but my road trip food, it's like original flavored corn nuts and white chocolate covered pretzels. I love the sweet, salty combination. So yeah, if I could snack on those every day, I would. And then obviously apple fritters, my all-time favorite donut. Apple fritters, of course. <laughs> apple fritters. If you ever want to get on Jen's good side, send her some apple fritters a time or two. Yes, I have a Twitter angel who has dropped off apple fritters and has uber-eated apple fritters um, to me, even in California. And this Twitter person is totally amazing. Sounds like a good person. He is. <laughs> so the last question they ask is uh, it's Netflix and chill so uh, what are you currently watching on Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming device you do what, what, what are you watching uh, currently 
it's well it's currently live so we are watching better call saul which is the prequel to my all-time favorite we need all time one of my all-time favorite series which is on netflix breaking bad i've watched it you know countless times um kind of just got you know heard about it you know you hear about a, a high school chemistry teacher who turns to making meth like how does this transformation happen kind of got hooked on that like oh that's intriguing and then both of both Dave and I we started watching it and it was just like oh my gosh this series kind of like blows your mind like it gets a little dark um, but you see like so many the good aspects of humanity the negative dark side um, the humorous side the loyal side uh, big decisions with with families and life and I love how it, the actors in it I feel like are pretty incredible and the screenwriting so the same writers have written Better Call Saul which focuses on one of the the pretty big and, and interesting humorous characters in Breaking Bad. That's that's one I need to get into I I, uh, I was watching Better Call Saul um, and then we cut the cord and I didn't have I wasn't able to to watch that um, after we cut the cord, so that's one that I need to get back into. But uh, Better Call Saul was good, but I agree with you. Breaking Bad is one of the best TV shows ever made. Such a such a great story from uh, beginning to end. Oh yeah, definitely the transformation of, of characters. Like I love seeing that the change, whether it's uh, progress or you know becoming more of like a dark character. I just I like seeing how. Uh, screenwriters can make that transformation and even if it's a character who's supposed to be uh, bad but it's like a character you're all rooting for because of how they've they've portrayed him and how they've written him in into the script yeah Pinkman and Jesse Pinkman and Gustavo Frings and yeah all of it such yeah, a great look. such a great show yeah, so if cook. you're out that's cool <laughs> let's cook so uh, if there is a uh, if there's anybody out there that hasn't seen Breaking Bad yet, go go binge watch every whatever seven, eight seasons. Go binge watch that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say they can't get into it, and I understand. You know, the first couple seasons, it's pretty slow, um, and it's you know you don't really see a lot of growth and development in the characters, and you're kind of just like, okay, how can this go on for seven seasons? But to anyone listening out there, I promise you, if you just stick with it, and and you'll find out why so many people love it. Excellent. I think we finally got Dallas back. Holy cow! Welcome. Maybe. Welcome back to your own podcast, Dallas. <laughs> We've taken it over. This is now the Travis and Jen Box of Rocks podcast. <laughs> Jen, one one last thing before we end. You said let's cook. If you could choose anybody from Twitter, not named Dave Holtkamp, to cook with, who would you cook with? Is this like actual cooking or like the cooking? No, meth cook. Oh, for meth cooking. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, the first person when you asked that came up is um, Big Uncle Pooh because I know he also likes the show, so I think uh, he could appreciate that. But I would probably also have to pick um, my best friend growing up. She is on Twitter. She's not super active, but we've been best friends since middle school. So. All throughout high school, we played soccer together. We lived together at BYU, um, and she likes the show. But she was also a science teacher, so she has access to all those Erlenmeyer flask and all those beakers. The Bunsen, yeah, the Bunsen burners, <laughs> excellent. So easy access to all the materials we need. Very true. 
Well, Jen, it has been a pleasure. Um, thank you for being our first female guest. Hopefully, it won't be the last. We threw out some. We threw around some other names that maybe they'll bring on uh, forthcoming. Nice. Um, so thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you guys. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't subscribed yet to Box of Chocolates or Box of Rocks that we have now re rebranded it. Um, please go ahead and subscribe. Uh, Apple playlists. Uh, I listen to it on Podcast Addict. You can listen to it on Anchor. Uh, but subscribe, listen, binge, binge, listen. It's a good, it's a good time getting to know other, other Twitter followers. So, uh, any last words, Dallas? Are you on? Are you off? Any last words before we cut it off? Uh, yeah, I've I've gotten the last like forty five seconds, so. Um good to be back uh no jen uh thanks for coming on this this was fun and and like it it has been with every episode that we've recorded so far uh learn new things ab about our guests and and generally speaking um you all are amazing people and uh i just like getting to know everybody so uh this is fun for me i know cody enjoys it and, and travis uh when we first pitched this idea and and after the first episode uh, or second episode, I guess he said that he'd be more than willing to pinch hit for for any one of us that that uh, that couldn't make it. So Cody couldn't make it tonight, and, and Travis did did a great job filling in uh, Cody's shoes. They weren't very big shoes to fill anyway. So he's got to um, be like a size seven or so. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd say like a size five. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I miss about the last ten minutes. Just some connectivity issues. So I'm not sure what y'all talked about, but I'm sure it was riveting. Well, it'll be a surprise once you uh, splice this together and get it going. That's awesome. Um, well, Jen, thanks. Uh, you can get back to your to Bruce and to Dave and and uh, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday night. And uh, again, thanks for coming on. All right, thank you guys. Okay, hold up there. Don't don't get off. Uh, we do have some instructions for you, but like Travis said, subscribe. Um, we enjoy doing this for for everybody, and uh, I mean it's mostly for us, but it's it's for everybody else too. And um, just enjoy the interaction. That that that's what's been the funnest thing for me. So, uh, like Travis said, subscribe. We're on like ten different um, podcast sites at this point, um, and uh, I think. Uh, some of our episodes have gotten close to 100 listens, so we're, we're, we're getting there. Oh, 100 um, listens! Yeah, I know, we should, right? We should I, do I a giveaway or like something. 15 to 20. And <laughs> yeah, who did we say that we'd send them a... I think we told Jim we'd send him a box of chocolates t-shirt or something like that. <laughs> That's true. Get that printed, man. And send, send Jim his yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, I need to do that. Well, again, guys, thanks for thanks for sticking out a couple hours with us. Uh, we we appreciate the time that you that you do uh, listen, and uh, we're gonna we'll be on again um, very soon with with another great guest. Jen was fantastic, and thank you, Trav, for uh, for coming on and, and pinch hitting for for Cody. So uh, until next time, thanks for listening, and good night. <laughs>